Welcome to the Lore After Show. We're talking episode six, Jack Parsons, The Devil and the Divine. Is magic really just science we don't understand? Let us know your thoughts shortly, and we're going to talk all about it. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Welcome to the Lore After Show. We're talking episode six, Jack Parsons, the Devil and the Divine. Uh, my name is Carrie Lane. I'm joined by my awesome host. Hey guys, I'm Adrian Snow. Hey everyone, I'm Mina Wahab. So what do we think of this episode? I I thought it had more humor to it, which was nice. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see Josh Bowman, because I had, mm-hmm. you know, revenge mm-hmm. and this season of Doctor Who. Uh, so he got to be British for once. Good for you, my friend. He's British. Uh, ah. I, it, but it also it was like, oh, they have not figured out their tone because mm. last episode was so tonally slow and dry, and it, and it, that keeps happening. Where like the first episode had all the, it was just like, you know, sharp and bouncy yeah. and like, well, let's let's smother people and have fu- uh, funky mm-hmm. music. And this is kind of more in that line where it's like, okay, now we have people with recognizable faces and and let's have fun and the voiceover. And the voiceover was fun for some parts, but then after a while I was like, this is kind of like Blade Runner voiceover where it's just like, it's maybe a bit too much. Hmm. This is a little too much voiceover for me. But overall, I liked the episode. I love the story of Jack Parsons. I think it's crazy and fascinating. So, mm-hmm. Mina? Yeah, I liked it just because stylistically it felt more fun in a way like you have an, a narrator just kind of like explaining his life events from and and taking it back to his childhood like mm-hmm. this is what Jack Parsons was like as a child and you mm-hmm. have like this really beautiful young version of Jack Parsons um and i i liked what it was thematically i liked how it was very different from the other lore episodes in that you have like this concept of magic and science and how the two are somehow intertwined and then you also have another storyline interwoven without uh, within that entire framework um, of romance and uh, someone being his muse and I, I kind of liked how everything played together in that way. I love this episode. I watched this one with the Mary Webster one, and I was so happy with the tonal change. I'm okay with the tone being different per episode because it's almost each one is a one-off. Yeah, uh, so it's, it's just okay. Sometimes a bit jarring. Sure, how big of a change it is can be. It can be sometimes true. Uh, same director as the Mary Webster episode, by the oh, way. Okay. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought this one also looked great. I liked how I loved the narrator the whole time. I. That's what I was missing the whole time. Mm-hmm. I like this person telling you their story because mm-hmm. then again it felt more grounded in reality and the history. I love the real photos mm-hmm. and then oh, them yeah, the nice. moments where they pose the, the photo and then cut and to then the scene. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, Laura, this is what we've been wanting. Like, give me the real thing with the reenactment. Like, this was a good example mm-hmm. of blending those two. Yeah. Also, they did some great techniques of filming to make it more interesting the example of when he was writing his letters and on the phone mm-hmm. where he goes, it felt like I was there. And then just transitioned to them really being there. And yeah. he wasn't really there. But visually that makes it more interesting for us instead of someone just like, I'm going to sit on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was, it it was, was a creative choice. Odd transition. But I appreciated it. I think I was like, well, you can... Because, I don't know, and I guess this just goes back to, like, the whole type of uh, show-don't-tell type of thing. Well, if you you want him to do that, then just have him do that. And then you can just do that cut 
And then we, as audience members, can realize at the end of it that she was never really there. He was mm. never really there. Because um, I appreciate that kind of stuff, too. Sure. And also, it's just more efficient. Um, I think with it being comedic, it worked more. If it was trying to be more serious, they might have gone that way. But they were kind of trying to be bold. serious True. in that moment. So it was uh, It was kind of, I don't know. That's why I totally, well, I was like, it was also the, just kind of like, yeah. I didn't really know where to land. What did you think of the end, though, where he's like, well, she wasn't really there, and I wasn't like this? Like, did I, Again, they didn't need to say that. Okay. I think the only reason that they would need the narrative is to actually talk about real-life Jack Parsons. Yeah. When they're okay. using it to be self-referential in the actual show, I, I always think that's unnecessary. Hmm. <laughs> like, at, at least in the type of real-life type sure. of true story. That's a good point. Or true life thing. Yeah. Uh, I did like the romance as well. I thought it was really... Uh, like an adorable kind of love story of mm-hmm. like, oh, he actually like found somebody he was in love with and mm-hmm. she was his woman in red and mm-hmm. so that was super interesting and I like the idea that magic is just science we don't understand yet. Yeah. It's like, sure. Uh, I don't know if how much I would enjoy going to one of their services per se and eating blood. Back to our <laughs> episode, eating blood is bad. Diseases and all kinds of stuff. But then again, they're also having a whole lot of sex, which that could have also spread a bunch of diseases as well. <laughs> but, you know. Uh, <laughs> I like the self, like, uh, I don't know if it's self-deprecating, but like the humor of uh, him acknowledging, well, I joined the cult when I was young because mm-hmm. sex versus cannibalism. Okay, sure. Yeah. Like, I go, yes, I can buy this person. Mm-hmm. I am not familiar with him outside of this, but I, I thought he was very cute and <laughs> very likable. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I liked his story and how they told it. I did watch the a, little, a few clips of Drunk History talking about Jack Parsons, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of information they didn't include, mm-hmm. but I felt maybe they did it more to keep it a little more streamlined because... It's just a whole lot of other information within this context mm-hmm. that might be too much. Yeah. Uh, this is also one of the episodes we talked back a few episodes ago about an article of what episodes are not based on the podcast. This is not one of the podcast episodes, mm-hmm. along with the Clock Tower one, which, meh, 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 not my favorite. <laughs> um, but this one I thought was interesting, and I maybe would have wanted, like, a text dialogue at the end to be like, this is exactly how he died. Because we did kind of talk about it, but maybe it would have been... His body was discovered later, blah, blah, blah. Like, something like that could have been interesting. Hmm. Like, a true crimes thing of tell me the, like... Because if he died, who was there to discover that? Well, it was an explosion, and so they heard it. So I assume the neighbors called the police. Like, that would have been interesting, though. Yeah. I mean, I think with with Lore, I'm probably a little bit more forgiving with not needing the text box. Because Hmm. you know going in, if you listen to the podcast, that these are based on true stories. Oh, uh, yeah, but I want the more information then. Yeah, but, but see, that's the thing. I don't think there's that much more information after, mm, that's after true. he dies. Like, it's yeah. kind of like they came in, there was an explosion, they figured mm. out that it was probably yeah. due to an experiment. And so there wasn't much more after that. Bruce, a brutal way to die. He was only 38. Yeah. 37. Lisa was quick, we hope. Mm-hmm. No, no, probably not. No yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, like, I like how it wasn't as shrouded in mystery as the other ones have been, because we I feel like we did have way more answers with this one than oh, with sure. other more episodes mm. where we're like, what happened? This is bizarre. I'm not understanding the ending. I feel like with this, like I feel like everything was pretty clear cut. Has this episode. also been the most recent? This has been the most recent in time story. Uh, yes, of this season. Of this season. Because then there probably was much easier way to get access to information, too. 
Yes, because people knew him. JPL yeah. is still a They thing. have the photos. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think last year they ended with the most recent one in terms of time with Unboxed, which is about the doll. Oh, yeah. Um, Robert? Yeah. Yes. Robert, I believe. That was a good episode. Mm-hmm. See, that was a good episode, blending reenactment with narrator and present-day footage. Yeah. Um, so this one, too, I the thing that was kind of fun is the or the is crazy knowing the fact that this is someone who's kind of the father of early rocket science mm-hmm. and how we got to the moon and mm-hmm. I don't think I really knew about him at all. Uh, Mina, did you know this person historically? Not at all. I, and it's I, like I, I knew. <laughs> and the whole time I was like, how did I not know about this at all? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I knew at all. Uh, I'll explain in the special segment why I knew about him. Okay. But, I mean, it's not like I knew all about him, but it's like I knew something about him. And it's interesting, too, of just, like, who he was. And uh, it did seem like he was an interesting and charismatic kind of person. Yeah, I mean, he helped to create the rocket as we know it Mm -hmm. today. You know? Which is cool. He invented that. And so uh, that's it's kind of sad that we don't know about him. The reason we don't know about him is because... He liked sex parties and dabbled in the occult. <laughs> like, you know, like, like well, you do. <laughs> you can teach that to kids, though. Oh, yeah, school. totally. No, I no mean, problem. they teach in you high school. so many worse things <laughs> sure. already. I don't think... That's true. It's, it's, it's just interesting, like, the people who get kind of written out of history early on because mm-hmm. they... Um, dabbled in things that people didn't understand for the time. Like, when you think about uh, Alan Turing, not to say he dabbled in anything, but just him being, by the very fact that he was a gay man, Mm -hmm. he was essentially kind of, we all know the Turing test, but Mm -hmm. a lot of us didn't know as much about Alan Turing as we should know for him being basically the father of computers, you know? Mm. So... That's something where, or well, the co, the parent, co-parent. Mm-hmm. There was a woman as sure. well. Sure, yeah. uh, like that's something that we should know. And the fact that we aren't educated about those things because it wasn't, they didn't behave the way that society thought was appropriate at the time is really unfortunate. Thank God yeah. for the imitation game, and thank God that we have like all of these different mediums where we yeah. can tell historical stories. Yeah, because to come back. it's never going to be taught in our. Our, our curriculum, so... Or he makes a great point in the episode of you thought the idea of doing rockets before was crazy, so how is that any different from me telling you I dealt with a demon? Mm-hmm. And you yeah. go, well, th- if and then, that makes sense to me. It's like, sure. Yeah. I mean, there are things that throughout the history of, of known humanity, we we haven't been able to explain, and we, we labeled as witchcraft, and then when mm-hmm. we figured out what it was, we called it science. And so, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, true that. Yeah, so it's, true. it's what he was saying wasn't wrong. It's just yeah. you know, also it was kind of crazy. You did yeah. eat somebody's blood, and you know, have a ton of orgies. Mm-hmm. Not knocking the polyamory, just saying like. Well, and then their idea of you uh, having the orgasm, which is in the Da Vinci Code too, of like the idea of. Um, sex is like you're getting closer to God. Yeah. So, yeah. It's not an unknown thought. Yeah. Nine Inch Nails has been selling us that since 1995, (laughs) you guys. No, but yeah, I I I don't know. I feel like a present day Jack Parsons would be maybe a little less into the occult and just more like just a sexually progressive (laughs) hopefully not a hipster uh, just like, someone who's more just open-minded. Like, more advanced, like just yeah. more open-minded. And maybe, not just to knock anyone who, who believes in, like, 
the occult or is a witch or, mm-hmm. or Satanist or anything like that. But it the way he approached it was, I think, on the extremer side than any any person who identifies as a witch or as a Wiccan mm-hmm. or a Satanist would say is the way that they go about worshiping. Sure, or I could be wrong, but I just think that it would he would have toned it down and kind mm-hmm. of understood like you don't have to eat people's blood or yeah, do blood sacrifices. Uh, we'll get into our special segment now where we're going to talk a little bit about current representation of uh, what we've discussed and like more, yeah, pop more for you to know. Facts. Pop culture and facts. <laughs> okay, so the reason I know who Jack Parsons is, and we actually have a real life picture of Jack Parsons. That is he's the handsome. real life Jack Parsons. Yeah, yeah everyone, he has a very distinct look. Yeah. Uh, the reason I know is because he's on a CBS show called Strange Angel, which is based about. Oh. His, based on the life of Jack Parsons. Huh. You would not expect a show about Jack Parsons to be on CBS. I have a picture of that mm. as well. Um, because CBS is like the most toned down of all the networks. Do they tone the information down a lot? I'm not sure if they do. I, I don't actually. Okay. It's on CBS All Access, so maybe it's a little bit more, oh, more free-willing. Um, but that's what... Like, over the just like the past year or two, there have been a lot of references to Jack Parsons. So there mm-hmm. is something... I think Strange Angels just two below um, if, if we can pull that picture up uh, before I transition um, so oh yeah. I think I've seen that image so you've seen mm-hmm. this this ad probably all over the mm-hmm. place it's produced by Ridley Scott so that's one aspect oh, okay. and then you did reference the drunk history yeah. uh, episode and we have a picture for that as well it's the two gentlemen it's the green background mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, more of a humorous take on it, but he was still referencing talking about being uh, in the occult and, and believing sex in parties magic. and believing in magic. And a part that they do reference in Drunk History that they don't reference in this is his relationship with L. Ron Hubbard, who I also have a picture of. It's the other black and white one. Um... L. Ron Hubbard, if you are not aware who L. Ron oh Hubbard is, gosh. and it's understandable if you don't, because you don't live in California, uh, <laughs> like, uh, is the founder and creator of Scientology. L. Ron Hubbard is also, I'm sorry, Scientologist, a huge scam artist. Mm. Um, the way that L. Ron Hubbard was able to fund Scientology was essentially by robbing Jack Parkins, uh, Jack Par- Parsons, Parkins, Parsons, of his entire fortune. Mm-hmm. So he it was like twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, so and at that time, whew, that was a lot of money. So not only did L. Ron Hubbard steal Jack Parsons' girlfriend, who was also his wife's seventeen-year-old sister. <gasps> uh, like L. Ron Hubbard came in and like seduced her away, and then he came back to Jack because they were still friends, and it's all open love. That's how they were. And said, hey, I have this great, uh, you know, investment for you. I'm thinking about buying yachts and reselling them. Will you give me uh, the money to basically invest in that? And you'll get a back, you know, you'll yeah. get, you'll make so much money off of it. Oh, yeah. And so Jack Parsons, thinking this guy as his friend, is like, yeah, sure, of course. Sounds like a great idea. To be fair, Elron Hubbard probably did buy that yacht because he loves yachts. And that's like a big part of the Sea Org on in Scientology, if you have any curiosity about that, I strongly suggest watching the documentary show with Leah Remini. Um, oh crap! Now I'm blanking on the name. Leah Remini. Is it going Scientology? Clear or uh, going? No, no, not going no. clear. Or it's like go- 
the A&E Lee, Lee Remini documentary yeah, show I've on Scientology. I I'm, apologies for forgetting the name. I meant to write it down. But she talks about how Sea Org, how they spend like a year of their life on a yacht hmm. and how they used to be trained by L. Ron Hubbard on a yacht. Because hmm. he was all about the easiest way to scam government, to not pay taxes, to be able to, to have money. And the easiest way he discovered to do that was to build a religion. So uh-huh. I'm just going to say that and I'm going to quickly look away. Um, <laughs> and then... Lastly, I think I have one more picture. That might have been it. I think that's it. Is that it? Yes. Uh, I think so. That is it. So I think that's about all there is. Yeah, he had a very tumultuous life. Oh, you can also listen to the Dalit podcast where they also go into Jack Parsons as well. And Leah Remini on her show also references uh, Jack Parsons and his relationship with L. Ron Hubbard. It's just really fascinating that there's this whole aspect of... Like, without Jack Parsons, essentially, there could potentially there be been no, no Scientology. Wow. Because Jack, Jack Parsons also educated um, L. Ron Hubbard on this religion that was mm-hmm. created by uh, Alistair Crowley. Mm-hmm. And so, taking notes from that of how this man was able to build it. Free will. Yeah. Our will is the way. Yeah, will is the main thing. Uh that I think, yeah, I think that was so interesting to learn about after. But I can mm-hmm. understand why they didn't include that on this episode because that it's would just be like it's a whole an other extra section. episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, like that's what the internet's for. If you're interested in this kind of stuff, definitely just look it up. That's how we found more information yeah. on it, and that was just really interesting to was- dive into it. Uh, fun little quick note: they did do some of their rocket testing at Devil's Gate, which is in uh, Pasadena, which you can go there. And yeah. I did a ghost tour there at nighttime, which is awesome. So it's apparently like a gate to hell. And JPL still exists. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can go take a tour, but yeah. <laughs> it is something that, that is still around and part of NASA. Also, it's called Leah Remini, Scientology and the Aftermath. Aha, there nice. we go. Alright, cool. Any other thoughts on this episode? No. That's about it, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, this one, I feel the show is ending so strong of, like, yes, these episodes were so Mm -hmm. entertaining. Mm I am curious how they'll do and if they do for the next season. And hopefully they take note from what people say about it, too. Because they changed it from season one based on what people are saying, essentially. Yeah, and it was was stronger season one, which I think must be so heartbreaking. And I'm so sorry, you guys. It's still a great show. I still love lore. I think that, but I also think that there's some validity to what people have been saying in terms of the changes and how yeah. maybe you can incorporate, reincorporate them uh, so it meshes better. And that's done very well with the Jack Parsons episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully they will, this was more like an experimenting with different tones mm-hmm. and different styles. And then they can make it even better for season three. Because I, I agree. I love the concept of lore. I love the podcast. Mm-hmm. Love season one. Season two, I liked more at the end. But yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for watching, listening. Make sure to give the video a thumbs up. Comment down below on your thoughts on the stuff we talked about. Make sure to click that subscribe button as well. And uh, where can people find you online? You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Mina Makes Magic, but with a C, not a K, like it was shown in the subtitles of the show. <laughs> no worries. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Adrian Snow. And you can follow me online at Carrie D Lane. That's K A R I D L A N E. Thank you so much for watching. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. 
Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 